Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Nobi Flynn, co-host and moderator of Discussions from the Otherhood. I am here with the other bird sasses next door, Sonia, Cranston, Otto, Nikki. We're missing James this week, though. He's working late. Um, keeping the world safe for those who live in the building. Thank you, Dave. Right, but this weekend is two things. One, Black Bay Day week, weekend. This Black Bay Day is today, the 13th in the United States. And tomorrow is Mother's Day here in the United States. And we're also like kind of flying throughout the entire month of May is May. So that's another thing of, of interest to those who are out there in the fantasy world. So before we get started talking about all these wonderful issues, let's talk about our weather. And Sonia, who is um, now up in the um, Atlanta area, how is your weather? The weather was weather. nice. It was slightly overcast in the morning and it yeah. became a beautiful day. So in the upper 70s right now, but the pollen is really high. So next week it's supposed to rain all week. So hopefully we get some relief from the pollen. Yeah, good for that. Good for that. How about you, Chris? You get some of the same or you get a little bit different? No, actually it was great here today. Uh, it wasn't overcast. It was in the mid to upper 80s, but it wasn't enough to have a heat alert out. Although after you were out there for a while, you said, "Damn, let me find some AC somewhere." But it was a pretty good day. Well, how about the pollen? Are you all having that same issue? We always have a pollen problem because nothing ever uh, stops blooming here. Um, but it wasn't as bad. It hasn't been as bad uh, toward the weekend as it was during the early part of the week. All right. Well, Otto, how about North Texas? Uh, it was hot, but the capital, huh? hot it's the reason why god gave his only son to the earth to bring forth air conditioning so that we can live so yep. thank god for air conditioning because it was hot and it's gonna be hot for the remainder of the year yeah yeah it, it, it's now it's just rolling into that period we aren't going to get too many more cool days we had to enjoy the ones we had so how about you you're like cross area from south florida to north florida so how was your weather yeah. up from the south going up north well i'm in tallahassee now and it's nice here um at home before we left it was nice but as we were coming we got caught in some rain showers hmm. is it heavy rain or normal rain and especially since you all had such bad rain earlier you know heavy flooding type of rain are you expecting more of that, or is it not going to get that far? No, this at home, it's not raining at all. But when we were hitting, like, Orlando, it started, it poured down. Just for wow. a few minutes, though. But the whole trip was nice, and the weather is nice. No complaints. Excellent. All right. Now, this makes for, of course, a lovely Mother's Day weekend. 
Mother's Day being tomorrow. And uh, I know we're gonna talk a little bit about you know, the whole concept of Mother's Day. And I'm sure that people you know, opened up their books and looked these things up to give us some background. I know that Otto did. So why don't you start out and tell us a little bit about the history of Mother's Day. I wasn't really prepared to speak about Mother's Day. Just say what you know. <laughs> well, I know that it was started by uh, a suffragette, I guess, and an, and an abolitionist um, in the, uh, I think, gosh, had it been the early 1900s, I believe? And so it was a day dedicated to her mother who passed away. And so for all of those people who are into grammar, it's actually called mother's apostrophe S day, mother's possessive day, singular, not plural. Um, but you know, she, it was a day that uh, she, second Sunday in May that she wanted to dedicate to her mother and all mothers around the country um basically honoring them and their, their dedication to uh to to oppression and and women's right to vote etc and, and so she joined forces with john wanamaker the uh the retail giant in philadelphia and they had the first mother's day um event in philadelphia where john wanamaker gave out free coronations to everyone who attended but unfortunately um, Wanamaker was more interested in the commercialization of the day, which um, I forgot the lady's name, Penelope, you know her name? Yeah, the woman's name is the, what is it? Jarvis. What is it? Jarvis. Jarvis. Yes, Jarvis did not want the day to become commercial. So with an effort by Wanamaker, he, uh, it became commercial. It became a commercialized issue. Um, um, President Wilson, uh, Woodrow Wilson, made it a national um, event day uh, during his term in office. And so now it eventually evolved into the Mother's Day that we see today. Although Ms. Jarvis, if she saw the, what it became today, what it has become, I think she would be sorely disappointed. But you cannot let that detract from the fact that the original day, the purpose of the day, is to honor those who gave birth to us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I don't know, does anybody else have any um, interesting tidbits regarding Mother's Day or any particular Mother's Day? They said on NPR that they were going to spend like $500 million on Mother's Day stuff this weekend, so. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's an industry. Motherhood's an industry now. Especially since every almost seems like different country celebrates it on a different day. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a slight problem with Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. And that's with any uh, any greeting card holiday. If that particular day is the only day you think of to do something nice for the person involved, like Valentine's Day is the only day you give your Valentine something mm -hmm. and so how special can that be if everybody else is doing it? Yeah, okay, Cranston. Spoil it like you want to. So. No, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree with that wholeheartedly. It's the same thing about birthdays and anniversaries, you know. It's the thing like, you know, you got a day, here's your day, you were born this day, here's a cake and a present. 
So here's the day that, you know, we were married and we got together. Here's a cake and a present. You know what I mean? We live life in segments. And, you know, such as it is. I don't mean to be a downer. Let's move on from this conversation anyway. <laughs> I like a cake and a present. I would like the cake and the present on every day. So if, <laughs> you to, if you don't want to give it to me on that one special day, I tell you I am fine with you. Give me a cake and a present on every day or any given day. You don't have to, you know, don't hold yourself back. I think, you know what? I just think we should have a day called Random Day. When you just get stuff, you know, got a clear blue sky. You know, you get your flowers, you get your cake, you get your gift. It's any day, like a third Thursday of the fourth month or something, for some, for some reason. Random, random day. day. Well, what I always want you to do is, is if you're out and you happen to see something that somebody you know likes, you just get it for them and tell them, well, I saw this and I thought about you, so here it is. That's excellent. I like that. I actually, I like that. Well, that's why we, yeah. But as well, we know, I am like that. I do that all the time. That's who? That's me. Okay, you, day. But then I forget where I put it. No, I get things to people all the that's time. Who? That's who? That's who, I know I get things from people all the time. So here's the thing I saw, I thought you would like it, so I got it. I do that all the time. You're a blessed angel, Penelope. A blessed angel, indeed. I know that. I know that. Is that a sarcastic <laughs> font I can use? Okay. Keep it up. No more, <laughs> no more treats for me from now on. I'm starting to say, what happened to all the stuff I was getting? It's like, oh, the stuff that you didn't get before, now all of a sudden you remember you got it? No, no more. No, I appreciate that because the good stuff has started to pile up. So I need, I need help. I know it is. Why don't you do that? Why don't you open the things that we get you? Huh? Do that. Then it won't be new anymore. Yeah, I know that. And I, I know I know the rule. Thank you, Quentin. He I know my since this guy gets my crazy. I get Yeah, I know, crazy. I know. It gets your crazy. There you go. It won't be new anymore. You open up no emphasis on the crazy. Actually, I remember a Absolutely. while back. Absolutely, yeah. I remember no, but I remember a while back somebody was trying to sell us an actress. Remember that? What? They said a mattress, and they said, well, it was new. They said, a new mattress. Yes, their mother's mattress was in a mother's bed, like, for 10 years, but it was new because they didn't take the wrapper off. I was like, uh, no. It is not new because you kept the plastic new on you. it. Slept on new it. You. But you new slept new. on it for 10 years with the, with the plastic on it does not make it new. God, who sells 10-year-old mattresses? Who does that? What, what kind of thing is that? Or no, they're saying that they're 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 selling the mattress. The mattress is on the bed, but they never took the plastic. And the mother off died, it. and the mother died on the mattress. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, but they're saying that they say they're trying to sell it, saying that it's a new mattress because they never took the wrapper off. It's like, but you slept on it for two years. You don't get that crap away from my door. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say you and that mattress on fire. <laughs> Yes, and no, does not mean that it's new. So because you did not take the wrapper off. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, if I get a present and I don't open it, then that means that whatever, you know, 
thing that's going on in my brain is satisfied. So the little man in my brain is satisfied that he still has a present. A cardio so said, that's what counts. A cardio the next year said, Brad, wow. did you open up that box that Puppy was in? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that is the reason why we celebrate Mother's Day. <laughs> all the mean things that mothers do the children just like penelope just said well there's a thing they did in britain this year for easter where they were going to put a, a moratorium on people buying rabbits because they said you think it's cute to get them for your kids and then monday they lose interest in them so yeah they're back on uh selling rabbits yeah wow that sense Wow. I don't want any rabbits, so don't buy me one. Don't buy, you heard that? Mother's yeah, Day. No Did not buy me our, our household. So, well, you buy a rabbit, it would at least eat it, but nobody here would eat it. So, don't buy it ever. No well, one will take care of it, and no one will eat it. So, don't one here. Only if, only if you told them that's what it was. Other than that, it tastes just like chicken. Yeah. You know, Crass is on the roll tonight. This guy, mm -hmm. he should be co host Penelope. He's, Have you he's, ever he's eaten rabbit rabbit before? Uh, no. You've never eaten rabbit before. So, how do you know it tastes like chicken? Uh, they did it on Mythbusters once where they uh, they, they took everything that they taste just like chicken. They had rabbit, they had uh, alligator tail, they had rattlesnake. And had the chef come out, and of course, when you butter it up and uh, coat it with whatever the coating is and stuff, everything tasted just like chicken. So uh -huh. then they cooked it again, just sauteed it in the pan, and people were spitting it out. So uh. if you disguise it well enough, yeah, it tastes just like chicken, but in its natural state, no. No, yeah, yeah I would like not think that's something like that. It's like human flesh, tastes like chicken. Hey, now. Yeah, Let's start again. I'm tired of having to move after people are trying to put your proclivities. Keep your mouth yeah. shut. Right. Yeah. Come on, it's going to give this this Black Fay Day. So, how many of us? Let me ask you yeah. something. Let me ask you something. Though. I'm I'm new to this Black Fay thing kind of thing. So, could you explain to me what a what a Fay is? Fairy. Uh, or Santa's a fairy. Or so like, is that like the multiple fairies? Okay, or is one? What does that mean? Yeah, a general category, fae. Oh, general category. Okay. So we're saying it's fae the plural. Yeah. Is it? I think it's a category, fae. Okay. I don't know if it's like a plural, but it's it's like um, it's phylum chordata, you know. Uh, no, it's 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 a, a category. A category like, of like faithful so fairies. Fairies yeah. is a category. Right. Like like you know like humanoid. Or remember or? What, what is the thing? What, what was the show? What's that great thing? Um. Uh, Doctor, what is it? Uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Mm -hmm. That the guy, remember that came the faith who came to the house and he was trying to get the, the black guy who was the servant 
to take his rightful place as king or whatever, remember? Yeah. yeah. That was him. He was a fake. Y'all didn't see Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell? He was a fake. He was a fake as opposed to being a fairy. Yeah, I mean, but if the faithful are fairies, I guess fairies are part of the fae folk, right? Like you say, like a leprechaun is considered one of the fae. Yeah, they're non-mystical non beings, usually of Europe, but now they've discovered, wait, there have been fae all along in different cultures. They just didn't call them fairies. Yeah. But they're usually the non-human spiritual type creatures or gift-giving or taking yeah. characters. What do you call them? Like so, uh, fairies and pixies and sprites and right. all those things like that yeah. and that kind of okay, You said giving and taking. So that mean like a succubus to be out of space? No, but remember, yeah, yeah, well, what is the what is the thing we saw um, 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 in American Gods? Remember one of the episodes of American Gods of the woman that come from Ireland and brought the the uh, legends of the Fae with her, where to leave out the gifts for them, the milk, and what happens, you know, when you don't, you know? Oh. Okay. So it's a category of non-humans that, are, that are, have supernatural abilities. Yeah, pretty much. Usually the native, they're connected to nature in some mm -hmm. sort. Oh, connect, connected to nature. And we're yeah. talking about the black, the, these, uh, uh, I guess, group that are black. And I think what it comes from is the fact that for so long, I mean, and this is the thing, it's kind of a weird thing that we have to understand, because especially African-Americans, the people who are um, colonized countries, that a lot of our culture is also part Western European, East European cultures. And as a result, those things are stories and things that are read by us and, you know, as well, we grew up with these things as well. And I think for a very long time, it was the, a point of exclusion, you know, that black people didn't do these things, didn't enjoy these things, didn't dress up, you know, in the fairy outfits and, I mean, you know, have fun, you know, doing these types of things, as if it's not part of our culture. When in fact it really is, because it's as much our culture as it is anybody else who lives in a diverse cultural environment. So I think that the people stepped out and decided, you know. Well, this stuff is here, and we want to express ourselves artistically, you know, with costume, with dance, with music, artwork. Then that's how I think this particular movement came about. And a lot of research has come up. Um, Helen Naday talks about it in Mythological Africans, where there are creatures that would be considered fae if you use the mystical non uh, connected to nature type mm -hmm. in African cultures, but they, it was more every day for a lot of the storytelling. It just happens that they were there. It wasn't a big spectacular in African stories when a creature like that would appear in your life. Mm -hmm. It seemed that way to me. I mean, so you call Grimm's fairy tale Grimm, Grimm fairy tales? No, the name was called Grim Fairy Tales. I mean, that's just like Grim Fairy Tales. No, it's Grim Fairy Tales because that's the name of it. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying 
Is it correct if someone corrected it or something? I mean, if they, they not, not a correction. It's just like saying that, you know, the same thing, if you have another word for, you know, a king, monarch, you know, that monarch is a word and king is a word, they may mean the same thing, but they're not the same word. So fairy and fair are not the same word. No, they're two different words that mean the same thing. The connotations may are slightly different. Fairy usually people associate with the bright, happy, go lucky um, Disney's personified. Yeah, Tinkerbell or the fairy godmothers and all of the Disney films. But Fae tends to also include the dark fairies who would take away stuff. So if you include that, Maleficent would have been. Maleficent is Fae, but not necessarily fairy by some people's connotations. And I think also, like one of the things they're making the comment, and by the way, is Helen doing a book for, uh, you know, regarding the uh, Fae in Africa on the continent, on the mother continent? Not yet, but I'm sure we can convince her to when she recovers from the one she just released. <laughs> okay, so yeah, which, which she's, which she's, she's talked about it a lot. In fact, that's how we first met. She was doing a discussion on African fairies. Yeah, so maybe that may be a good thing leading into like the next year, um, Black Bay Day to actually do compilation, um, actual um, fae, you know, from the continent. I think some of these things kind of overlap. For instance, a lot of people when really they talk about, oh, the Little Mermaid and Hans Christian Anderson, but mermaids existed, you know, in African countries, you know, for millennia. And I think that that's probably where the stories came from, from sailors who traveled, you know, around and they come back to port cities and uh, tell those stories. And in you know, Hans Christian of course, lived in a port city in Copenhagen. So I'm sure that that's, you know, he sort of story then created, you heard about the thing itself and created a story. So, you know, I think these things are much more um, intertwined than we would think. I put a link in the nope. chat of three of the different cultures that talk about African fairies. And one of the books, I, I remember Helen giving me a page similar to this when I was asking her about it. So there's like the Azizas who are mostly, um, Fawn people of Dahomey. Um, and they were just people who would, they, they usually lived in what looked like ant mounds and they would come up and help people who were sick or other things into the, uh, in the, in the forest. And then I'm pronouncing these and I'm sorry, Helen, I didn't get the pronunciations down. The Ashante had the Moma, Momatias, Momatias, um, which were guardian spirits of the wilderness and the animals. And then the Yoruba had the Irjirmi, hold on, Irjirmi, Miri, I'm, I'm mingling. Um, and they were, those, they were known as the little people of Africa that lived deep in the forests. 
So there's lots of them all over. And that's just the ones I remember from Helen's talks. <laughs> cool. So I mean that and even that to take these um concepts and to you know bring them into you know our concepts of uh say and fairies and stories that we've heard and, and physically being in another place like you know here in the United States, how do we translate those things over into our current environment? You know. I think that's a um that would be a fun project as well. Now um are these are these uh are these faith folk are they like territorial like you know they don't leave wherever their point of yes. origin is or they, they have a uh, history that goes back like you know the who is the first faith where did the first faith people come from but i think it's hard to say where did the first faith people come from because if everybody has their own you know stories of these supernatural folks that live among them or sometimes beside them, um, then everybody's will probably go back as far as they exist, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are in, you know, on the African continent, it would be as far back as people are writing stories or telling tales. And same thing in, you know, the European continents and Asian continents, you know, Scandinavia, that everybody would go back as far as their own people and telling those tales. I think to that extent, they probably are regional, but then people start to move, you know, and there's you know, diversity and interaction and immigration. And then one touches the other and they start to uh, <laughs> or they start to um, flow into each other so that you no know, one was one story was this thing at one time. Now it's taken on the aspects of some other story. Like the leprechaun, they take on you know aspects of some theories that were not in Ireland, you know, something maybe from England or France, you know, they took on some of those characteristics because people traveled there. Or at one point, you know, brownies or something that they've taken on more aspects of a theory as opposed to a leprechaun because of the contact that they have with those cultures or civilizations. So I don't know, I think that whatever it is, I'm pretty certain that most things that we experience now, we talk about now, are you know, as far as fairies or fae are concerned, have been affected by you know cultures from all over the world because we are um, constantly interacting with other cultures. That, that's my my take on it. So I was going to say I know we kind of started this and a little bit of that, but I wanted to ask because I kind of broached the issue when we got started. You know what is your most memorable Mother's Day? Hmm. You can start, Cranston. Most memorable Mother's Day and why it was most memorable. Well, actually, I would think my most memorable Mother's Day wasn't on the actual holiday, Mother's Day. Um, but it was, uh, my mother would always go to, and you look back on these things and you look at the lunch counter at uh fair at like Woolworth and you said, you know, none of this stuff was really heart healthy and they used to beat people up for trying to sit at the counter. And so, um, she was going to, uh, get these, uh, chicken wings from like, you know, uh, Woolworth and everything. And she was complaining about how hard they cook them and this kind of thing. 
And it just occurred to me all of a sudden, I realized that she had never been to, I guess, it, what you call a family dining restaurant here. And uh, it was like famous and everything. You know, everybody knew this place. But for a long time, the only place that we worked was in the kitchen and the one standing outside trying to lure people in. And I said, well, why don't you go here and have lunch? And she had been came up from a generation where you were taught you don't come in this door. And she really couldn't relax the first time. But it's the first time that she'd been here. And she was like late 30s and she had never been in this place. And it was just an absolute like, you know, like wonder and stuff. She had no idea what this stuff was like and everything. And um, she had this thing where um, she enjoyed stuff, not so much because of what it is, but for how much it costs. And one thing that she hated more than anything else was people that gave the good Christmas cards because they all came in a box and you couldn't see how much the card cost and everything. And that was it. She just really enjoyed that and everything. It was like so out of the way. So that's my best uh, Mother's Day memory. What a fantastic story. I really like that. Yeah, that is, I think it's a very cool story. That is very cool. How about you, Sonia? What do you recall most memorable Mother's Day? Uh, for a long time, when um, we would go to Tallahassee has the Shakespeare Festival every Mother's Day. And I remember the second to the last one we went to, mom had made a very distinct thing. She goes, well, this may not, this may be my last I go to. And I, oh, mom, come on, you know, we go every year and all of that. Mm -hmm. And the next year she didn't go with us. And now the second year after she's not here. So I was wondering just, I'm hoping that she just was able to take in all the wonders and the fun we were having. And I remember the general, just mothers, like um, Otto said, you know, just give something just because that's what we usually did. But every Mother's Day, we would load her up with candy because she loved her sweets and things like that. So I'm hoping she, yeah, that memory was some of the memories she took with her that we loved her and We'd even go to Shakespeare in the park for her and stand and sit out in that Tallahassee heat All right. every Mother's Day. <laughs> wow, I didn't know they had Shakespeare in the park in Tallahassee. Uh, every Mother's Day is the Southern Shakespeare Festival. And this year they're doing Cleopatra, Anthony and Cleopatra, and I would have loved to go down there, but we didn't get a time to. Cleopatra Black? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch out, you're going to get sued. Right. And, no, now Tallahassee's that little circle of blue around the red that's in the middle of all the red. But yeah, I noticed that the red was spreading one of the reasons why we left with DeSantis. So. Mm -hmm. well, one of the questions was, is Cleopatra black? And someone said, no, she wasn't black. She was Greek. That's what he said. Well, that's, that's, that's to say that no Greek people were black. It's crazy as they were. So, okay. Take it as you will. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. And All people right. have to remember that Greek was Greek to be Greek was actually was a citizenship, not a nationality. Exactly. Well, it's a nationality, not ethnicity. It's again, it's a nationality. So uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, um, Otto, what is your most memorable Mother's Day? I don't really have anything uh, that's uh, on a particular day. Those, those days are strange 
to me. I, you know, I have a close, I have my own mother and a mother-in-law. My spouse is also a mother. There's not one day that I can particularly point to to say this is a thing, but like Cranston, it's, it's uh, the totality of it. Um, it's the totality of the spirit of being a mother and, and all the responsibilities and interactions and things that we remember, especially back as a, as a you know, young boy in New York, that I remember, um, you know, seems fantastical. Um, but I don't have a specific number no. Day, like you said, it's an any day thing that you consider a day like you did something or something that's good at Mother Day kind of thing. Interesting. Okay. All right, with well, Nikki. You have I don't one? Have anything. Nope. No mother's I'm day. Thinking, I'm thinking hard too, Penelope. I, I just can't think of anything. You know what? I'm gonna well, we always you. I'm gonna tell you how you consider uh, Penelope, we always consider Nikki not a mother in in the truest sense, but an M U T H A. That's what we say. Okay. I'm going to tell you, all right, like, all right, now, now in the spirit of what you were saying that not thinking like a necessarily a mother's day, because I think it's my, ch in my childhood, my ear is growing up and you're racking your brain and I'm racking mine too, but that was not a thing, I don't think, for us. It wasn't. Because we didn't have much control over things like that. But I want to tell you my most, my two, you know, big uh, Mother's Day things, the kind of Mother's Day thing, was the year that we went to Galveston and my mom came to Houston. And we got picked up with, she got her a little car, we went to Houston, and we drove to Houston, we stopped at a Korean barbecue restaurant. And it's my kids, all the kids, my now um, daughter-in-law and my mom. And we sat, we had lunch that day. I remember they were playing like K-pop videos, you know, in the restaurant and serving, you know, just the real uh, communal aspect of eating together at that restaurant, which was really great. But then we went to the island, Galveston, and spent the weekend there. And my mom was there and it was really great because the first time that we ever spent like that kind of thing with just my my mom, my, my kids, all my kids. Um, and um, my daughter brought one of her friends was there who always comes on vacation with us. And it was just great. I mean, we sat, we in, played games, enjoyed the stuff. We sat there in front of the window, we right outside, right on the beach. And then we did coloring books and we got these adult coloring books. We sat there and colored in our coloring books. And I'm gonna that one was memorable things. I remember that for the rest of my life. In addition to the fact that we went to see August Wilson's Fences and then we all had dinner that night. And then we went to the movies, came on, ate dinner and then discussed the film. And so from the aspects of the film, like from generationally, how, you know, from my generation, my mother's generation, my children's generation, how it was that we, process that film. And so I now remember that. It was just such a great, great time. I remember that for forever. Um, and maybe and maybe Penelope, that's a truest sense of Mother's Day. I mean we don't get boxed in by by a day certain, you know, to honor our mothers, but to remember 
you know, various aspects of, of our engagement with our, with our mothers, rather yeah. than the day itself. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, it encompasses more than, we, I think we box, us, we box ourselves in to these days. You know, I was trying to be funny before, but I think, you know, these days like birthdays, anniversaries, and Christmases and stuff, we hem ourselves in without the, the memory of all the experiences that we, we have that, you know, we should be looking, you know, at, you know, and remembering and enjoying and relishing those instead of just that one particular day. Right. And in that same sense, um, the same kind of um, memory of my mother-in-law. And again, you know, we are not to Galveston, but it was Pensacola, Gulf Shores, Gulf Shores. And again, on the beach, on the beach house, and she's flown in, she's flown in from New York. And the story is so funny because her sister-in-law was saying that they had to sedate her because she never, you know, she was not a person that liked to fly. So yeah, they had to sedate her coming she's in. She's a Valium. She's a Valium, yeah. Yes, two Valium. The Valium coming and a Valium, Valium leaving. Yeah. So yeah, that, and then to come down and if you think about it, like, you know, our moms, you know, these people worked, you know, in a period when they were just like, you know, right at the cusp of the beginning of the civil rights movement. And so I'm not, you know, having, you know, working uh, jobs that are, you know, physical labor, mainly my mother, you know, she, you know, eventually, you know, time went by, you know, of course she went to college. She has her master's degree, she got a specialist degree. My mom has a doctorate degree. But, you know, when she was a girl, she would have to go clean houses, you know, with, with her mom over on the beach and where my grandmother worked, because, you know, that's what she did. She, she, was a cleaning, she did cleaning in these um, apartments and stuff, the houses down on the beach. And, um, but, you know, and my mom did it too. And that's how she started out her young life, you know, cleaning. But then, you know, with school and, and, and to educate a person and, you know, you know, worked hard. But, you know, these people worked hard. And so at a time when people don't think about, when we think about, when, and, you know, granted, even with us, we start doing vacations very late. And we not with my side of my side of the family, you know, because, you know, we vacationed, you know, a bit. Every year. Yeah. We, we always vacation, but you know, we, after we got back, you know, Otto was telling me he never went on vacations. So the first vacation we had as a family was his first vacation vacation. And then that became a locus point for us always to go. And then the year that we, his, his mom fly down and sisters and brothers flew down. And it was really great because, you know, I remember the, the thing of see, watching the dolphins and stuff reach out sitting on the balcony, you know, to be able to come out and enjoy yourself, relax, not be there to work for anybody, that the people that are there, your children, grandchildren are there to basically serve you, you know. So I always I will remember that, you know, that um that moment, that thing, that's that is a big memory, you know, for uh you know, and so it was Mother's Day after Mother's Day, because it was it wasn't May, it was June, but still, you know, around that time, and it was very nice. Sounds nice. So yeah, I will. That's one that I remember. 
Mm. For myself, I have many, many, many. But one that stands out is that when we used to go out all the time and uh, go to these different places where Mother's Day brunch, you have to get out, get your dress, get all the children dressed, and head out and do this thing, stand in lines with these, you know, people and the, the noise and stuff. And everybody, of course, wants you to have a nice time. And it's nice, it is great because, um, you know, that with kids and spouse, we're enjoying it. But for me, one that I remember so clearly is the time we're home and nothing had been quote unquote planned for Mother's Day. And then knock, 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 go down, open the door, and they catered Mother's Day. Hmm. They had a whole people to brought in, like the croissants and and uh, you know, it's, it's laid out all the stuff in the buffet table for that day. So I didn't have to get dressed. I didn't have to pull any children together. And so the whole thing, I just I just do nothing all day. And all the food was set out, you know, for the brunch. And I mean, thing, and then the following year, they decided not to do. They had to come in, and they actually cooked. And that was, I think, like the pinnacle doing the, the lamb and the lobster and all this stuff all laid out from a thick slip. Once they saw somebody else do it, they said, well, heck, we can do this. And so they did it. And those are fantastic. That's Those are the things I remember. One, the first one, when they had it catered, they brought the stuff in. And then the one a year later, where they did it themselves, which was fantastic because nobody makes lamb. Uh, lamb chops, like auto. It's like, it was one of the best things in life. So let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest, though, Penelope. Not only does he make good lamb chops, he makes some good Kool Aid. Yep, the Kool Aid. Kool Aid. Great Kool Aid with lemon. Uh, absolutely. Hey, hey you know, don't play. You back there, I know, don't play. play. But I don't can make some Kool Aid. Great Kool Aid with lemon. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it tastes like what Kool Aid is supposed to taste like. Okay. If you ever lose your job doing what you're doing, you can always get a job making Kool-Aid out of. Kool-Aid. There we go. Actually, uh, that's my plan. It's an update. I need to tell you something after the show about my job. Five minutes. Kool-Aid had made a flavor that was that combination of grape and lemon lemonade or whatever they called it purple saurus rex and i guess it didn't go over well so after about a year they discontinued it so if you ever found like an old package even if it was like uh, glued together like dried mud you still take it to the water <laughs> and break it up and everything. yeah but that's what you do if you would have the actual great kool-aid with lemon and it was fantastic mm -hmm. I mean, I can make great Kool-Aid with lemon, but I don't have the touch to do it exactly the right way. When I come back to Dallas, Otto, you make me a, a picture of Kool-Aid? I ain't got no, no choice, because, you know, like I said, we have a job situation happening. So. Uh -huh. All right. What do you, like I said, you know, don't put that in the air, man. Put that in the air. You can always make Kool-Aid. You want to get real fancy with it, put it in the freezer and make some freeze cups. <laughs> Oh my gosh, remember that? I mean, how many of us in our lifetimes did not have the freeze cups? 
I don't think that no, you I can throw them. But I, I don't tried that and it never worked for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you have to get it done by professional, you know, the, the people, the storehouse. Well, let me thing. put it this way: the nine, the nine-year-old me was no professional. Okay, so yeah. it came out like a, like a, like a blue ice cube. Oh no! No, so to do yeah. it, you have to make sure that. Oh, but the best thing about it is you get it done for the people. It tastes really good. But what you do, you start, you eat, eat, eat. Then you get midway. You have to push it up out of the paper cup, flip it mm -hmm. so that it's from the, the bottom. bottom. Flex. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's what you want to go back and tell the nine year old me that? Because he totally screwed it up. Okay, sorry, nine year old. Because they have one of those, one of those ice trays where you had like, you had to pull the lever and it opened the thing. Bro, oh, yeah, 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 no. Yeah, he totally messed up. That guy was a totally, he totally messed it up. You know, so all you have was like blue, really blue hmm? You know, you put make them in a Dixie cup. It's like a thick paper cup. No, 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 no. This guy, this yeah. guy, I'm telling you, this nine-year-old guy, he put it in an ice tray and he broke it like that, <laughs> like eleven. Okay. He totally uh -huh. messed it up. I don't know what happened to her until my mother's day. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that was a mother that day, I tell you that. He <laughs> broke the ice cube tray. Yeah, with the ice with the <laughs> With the ice cube tray and the mess and the sugar and the Kool-Aid. Oh and yeah! Oh wow! And the trifecta of, of ham meets ass. That's what I'm saying. Awful. We know those things. We know those days. Yeah. But, yeah. And also, I guess if I mean I know some people may not want to answer the question, but if you had an option of Day, you know, playing a fay of your choice, you know, what would it be? Fay folk. A fay of my choice. Yeah. None. 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 Not None. one. You would not. No None fairy. No fay folk. No leprechauns. No nothing like that. You wouldn't be <laughs> any of that. No, as Not we would one. say, we would one. Nary a one. You know, what I wonder, do what do nymphs and things like that, are they considered, I mean, I know they're woodland creatures. Do they count then under that, uh, that umbrella? Not really. I don't know. You know, dryads, dryads, nereids, you know, things of that ilk. Probably not because they were the actual other residents as opposed to the unseen or the mysterious ones like most fae tend to be. Like centaurs and stuff like they were the dryads were just the offsprings of the gods and the and humans. Where fae were kind of like their own origin separate origin story. They were beyond the gods and things like that, except for when Christianity took over. then you and i don't know if it's saying or this within like greek um the greek mythologies then they would not have fairies they would have things that were not fairies i think they would have put them off as uh gods or the direct the direct children of gods as opposed to the ones that were half breeds like um centaurs and or 
or had their origins started from that. They were just separate creatures created as opposed to offsprings of um, offshoots of gods. Or I'm trying to find the right way. Because they weren't really, they were just creatures that lived every day where I would think that they would probably, more fae would have been the ones that you encountered every once in a while when you needed something magical. Mm. You know, they wouldn't have considered centaurs and dryads and naiads to be magical. I guess that's maybe the defining thing. They weren't, they didn't have any magic to them. They just were. Mm. Yeah, the Greek were more practical. Which is probably why it's more like what the African uh, fae and stuff would be, something that is more practical, things they like, say that just kind of merge into day-to-day -day, uh, practice. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. But it was still, like, there was a veil between some of the African ones. Like, you wouldn't see them unless you really go study that anthill or yeah. you, you know they lived inside the tree, yeah. as opposed to the other creatures who were out out and about just roaming the earth. Interesting. I'm gonna start looking at that because I never really thought about it. I'm just posing the questions. I don't know the answer. I just, I just wondering. Hmm, you know, if, if yeah, are... we we need to get Ellen. Oh, can Ellen in here and we Helen and we just poke her brain. Like well, you know, like for instance, you know those things. Kind of like the chimeras that are part human and part animal or different animals all together like the griffins and the sphinxes and you know um centaurs uh, things that cross into other you know religions things what is it the um i don't know it just went right out of my head with the man yeah. part bull not the minotaur minotaurs the, yeah the opposite of the minotaur where the face is a man and the body is the bull and you see it in um, a lot of what uh, uh, Mesopotamian um, artwork. But yeah, those things like that, those chimeras. So I wonder, you know, what are, I mean, those are gods or demigods or, or again, you know, chimera, where do, where do they fall in that um, categorizations? No, they are. Mesop I just looked it up. Mesopotamians were the Lhasa Lamasu. Yeah. Human head, full, full body. Yeah. So all and so all these things, they are just mythological creatures, but the Fae also count as mythological creatures. <coughs> They're more magical in nature. Where the Minotaurs and the Centaurs and all of those were just practical folk walking around the earth. And I put it out there, and everybody's been kind of reticent to say what they would be if they had a choice to be one of the Fae. Would you do it? No. Would you? If you did, what would you choose? Uh, you mean if we're just going to dress up, or do you mean to be one for real? I mean, well, you could do both. What would you dress as? What would you for real as? Hmm. Uh -oh. Probably yeah, find one, one of those African ones. I got um, one. What? What? I would definitely be Santa Claus. Okay. 
definitely. I mean, I you know I I watched the like Twilight Zone stories of Santa Claus, uh huh, and giving stuff to like kids and making them happy like one thing or something or you know yeah. that one day, it was just it was just you know I, I watched those episodes and it, you know not to be too corny but it's like you you realize why Santa Claus is laughing on the time if he can enjoy that kind of giving to people that level I definitely I definitely knows why I know why he's laughing and I definitely want to be that that would be so enjoyable to me Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great choice. Mm-hmm. How about you, Cranston? I'm going for, and it's something I have absolutely no knowledge about how it works or anything like that, but I would be do, do uh do animals kind of like centaurs and that kind of thing. Well, we said that well satyrs is he's trying to say he's trying to ask if a satyr is a <laughs> they're mythological creatures. Yeah, they're mythological creatures. So, yeah, but let's say Santa's is a broad thing because it's fantastical creatures that we're doing Black Day Day and stuff, that it would be all that. So, what would you choose in the all that category? Hmm. Um, I guess I, I guess I would want to be the equivalent of a leprechaun. Huh. Interesting. Then would you be in the Leprechaun in the Hood film? Uh, yeah, but I would, I would I would try to be more of a bougie Leprechaun, you know. Right, I'm into that. Let's see that. I'm coming to your house to play around and and count your pot of gold. If I catch you, yeah, if I catch you, you got to give up give up your gold. So no, I, I would say I would say you got my gold. I'm gonna pay you in crypto. Oh, no. <laughs> You'd be a dead Leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> Which is currently illegal in the state of Florida. You'd be a dead, dead leprechaun. <laughs> that's, that's awful. How? There's a leprechaun who is trying to, you know, catch up with the modern world. And so instead of just pot of gold he has nfts that he's gonna you know give you if you guess whatever it is very nice once again appreciate that yeah i want that gold i don't want any crypto or nfts just give me the gold i want any checks or ebt cards i want that gold you hear me yeah you can't give me that gold you're gonna be dead you have a lifespan of like really short That's not bad. But the problem with leprechauns, you don't get to spend your own money. Yeah, but what else can you do as a leprechaun? I mean, you're just short and just running around and going inside trees. But you're guarding it, but you know, I don't get to spend it. It's not like you go to the strip club. You can't put gold coins and G strings, man. So what? What exactly would you be doing? You have to sit there and watch that treasure, twenty four seven. And make sure that it's not stolen, and that's your job. So yeah, I would I would lean away from anything that requires me to do any work. Of any kind, <laughs> you know, so that's I'm I'm leaning toward that that fairy, fay job uh, description that does not require me to do any work. So uh, yeah. Okay. Now speaking of that, what 
what bankers and Gringotts and Harry got in uh, Harry Potter? What are they? The what? What? And the what? What? And I, I don't read Harry Potter, so you have to get help from those who have. Sonia, you read it, haven't you? Harry Potter and I don't get along. Nope. Okay, those Harry Potter people. So we don't know. But I think they have like witchcraft, right? And and all sorts of Hogwarty things. Yeah, from the movie, I see a combination of both, but Hogwarts, something like that. You don't know. And they also had the thing that uh, in in Harry Potter that they had house elves who were kind of like really like slaves, you know. Wow. And the big thing was that Harry Potter freed his house elf, and even though he died as a result of it because of something else he'd gotten into, but he his 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 uh, dying wish was that he was glad that he could die as a free elf, and then he died. That sucks. Well, yeah. Just like black people. It's like free and then we die. I'm dead. I don't get to enjoy any freedom. I'm just, that's it. What a terrible story. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I haven't read the books, but I know I've heard that in the thing that she has where she describes all the different parts of magic, she leaves out a lot of the indigenous sources of magic and doesn't there's not a school in africa at all okay yeah. so sonia sonia's yeah, but, going back uh, yeah, going you know, back and looking over her stuff I, and picking are you just yeah. picking through stuff yeah but you know, we were talking about harry potter and i was like i found it interesting that according to the rumor because i haven't read it that there's no mention mm -hmm. of indigenous magics and mystical creatures in any of her in, in the books, there was somebody did a compilation of all the different magic systems she describes. Yeah, but it's, you can say the same thing about the Brothers Grimm or Hans Christian Andersen or That's right. any other any other exactly. And we all know that the stories traveled. Yeah, but so they had to come from somewhere else too. What she but she wrote what she knew, and if she had Tom said to go in and try to write something about native. Uh, people's magic, there's people's magic, or African, or or Cation, or even Santeria, even things like root works in the United States when we were coming up. I think that people would say, How dare she, you know, presuppose that she could do that? She writes what she knows. I think that's fine. I don't have a problem with it at all. Well, you know, when I was when I was in uh, school, elementary school, PS in New York, uh, it was it was an Afrocentric school. We they told us. Swahili, also they taught Spanish, and they taught us the African folk tales and stuff. I hate to say it, but I found them uninteresting. And maybe, maybe because they weren't fully developed, or maybe they wasn't fully developed. I have no idea about it. They weren't great to me. Yeah, I remember the ones that they decided to impart to us as children as well, and that you know, like Anansi, the Spider Man. I think that the problem is that, again, culturally, because we have lived in a Western culture, you know, like a blended culture, that a lot of the starkness of Anansi, the Spider-Man, was lost on us. You know, it's kind of just kind of laid bare, not a lot of subtext and stuff going on in there. But, but, so, I did like, uh, I did like uh, Lando Jones's 
version in American Gods. I I thought I thought he added, you know, some great context to it. I thought that was great. Yeah. And, I think and if I had been introduced to it like that, man, that that'd been totally exciting, you know. Yeah, but that's the thing that you know you get it like uh, filtered through whoever it is that's telling it, and maybe it's another problem that there are things about individual cultures that people from those cultures may not be necessarily um, fond of. And as a result, they don't tell whole stories. They keep out parts of stories that they think might be negative. But in all honesty, they're just part of the story. And so, you know, generations and generations come and go and all that's lost because people want to, you know, clean up the tales instead of telling them the way that they were. And one, for instance, the, um, the unabridged version, they say of uh, Snow White, in the Brothers Grimm, is that we say, you know, his father, you know, married this woman, this, this queen, and and she thought, you know, that the daughter was more beautiful, blah blah blah. But in the unabridged version, she's not some other woman that he married. This is her mother, her actual mother. And but you know, they thought that it was, you know, inappropriate or harsh or whatever. That the mother would feel that way about her daughter, so they changed it. To be, you know, yeah. a stepmother. But, but even to me, even when the change, it was, you know, the conflict was palpable. I mean, to, to me, you know, the the uh, the African folk tales. You know, back when I was a kid and being taught that in school, you know, how the leopard, how the leopard got his spots. Like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. He got his spots. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no conflict there. You know, it's like, but you know, when somebody trying to kill their own daughter. Get down with that. That's something I want, I want to know more of, and maybe you know, I don't. I don't know what the but explanation is. Yeah, seem more interesting. The African stories well, also depended on the storyteller and the interaction with the audience. So things might change depending on who was in the audience, or if a, if it was a cloudy night, or oh look, a, a, a another a mouse is being chased by a spider. That you know they would incorporate all the little things like that into stories just to give it more depth and relevance and when you're reading somebody's translation of the story that as they were told but may not have been told the entire story you don't get those kind of dynamics that, that could be true i mean they you know like i said you know afrocentric school they were teaching us swahili you know we had these books so they weren't read to us we read them so i'm thinking like you know this is an actual depiction yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything else. I just know what. Yeah, right. Again, but again, one of the problems, as a problem issue, one of the prominent issue, is that some of these stories, I think, in the original form, were not necessarily written for children. That they are cautionary tales for adults, and you know, you tell what this. Story, like the leopard got a, how the leopard got his spots. I'm not talking about that in particular. I'm just being general, in saying oh, that okay. the stories that are told that are cautionary tales for adults. But then they have to, you know, pare them down to, you know, make them palatable. They think for children, when, you know, you know, maybe the story is not about, you know, how the leopard got his spots, or, you know, babe, how, you know, you got, uh, you know, chlamydia for messing around with somebody's husband or his wife. You know, there may be subtext that we're not aware of because the story may be um, cleaned up a little bit too much to appeal to a younger audience. 
and also stories. If it's a male, a male that they were telling the stories to, then it's only the men who are going to get involved. They're not going to get any of the women's stories or the, depending on what season you, because some stories are told in summer and some stories are told in winter. Um, so you don't ever get the full context in a lot of the indigenous stories because it's a book. It was a book, though. I, yeah. Me and, it because it's a, and because you had a book, you didn't have the f dynamic of somebody actually telling you the story and incorporating all of these different threads in for you. Yeah, and also well, the, the African, stories but, are told African people. Yeah, but did have African people who taught us the Swahili? They, were, they came from you know African countries. They told us the context. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, and there may have been things have, like they we were hampered by school board no, decisions. No, it's New York City. It's, it's not it's not all that. It's not Florida. So it's not Well, there was even but the thing is also you have to consider, as I was trying to say, that a lot of the stories that come from the continent, there's an oral tradition. And so those are towards stories that are told from one person to the next and they're not necessarily written down. So by the time you have someone that's actually writing it down, it may not have you know all of the texture um, that the stories had when they were told orally, you know, from one person to the other. They may have just gotten the main idea and not and the things that they thought were actual fluff for the story were actually important elements that they left out. I think that's also possible. It's all in the translation, long and the short. And especially because you have oral tradition where stories are not being written down, then you get them only after people start writing them down. It's important to write it down, but how much of it did you lose over several generations when people were not writing it? So, you know, or that they remember to say it one time when they're telling the story, but the day that that person was transcribing it, they didn't say it. So they lost That's that. That's true. That's true. I mean, you, you said that about the grim. The grim tales, you know, the, the mm -hmm. thing, it wasn't a stepmother's actual mother. Yeah. You know, I would made it even more terrifying. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And Cinderella's, Cinderella's stepsisters actually mutilated their feet to get it into their feet into the glass slipper. Well, I read that part. That book, I, you know, when I was a kid, that was in that. that book. They cut up their toes and stuff. I, I, yeah. yeah unfortunately, was, people are carrying around the Disney version. Nah, I got the raw version, but I but the version about the real mother instead of the stepmother that would have been so enjoyable to me. Yeah, but you know, but I think the thing that's important is that having changed it, I think was mm -hmm. a, a bad thing because then mm -hmm. we go through life believing, well, because this is yeah, your somebody related to you can't do bad to you exactly would not do it's bad. The same thing with the same thing with uh with what uh, um Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Yeah, but, your mom. That's, that's, that's your mama. They ain't no stepmother. Yeah. And that these people were related mother. to you by blood yeah. will do They'll some do you harm. nasty things to you. They'll do you harm. You say, and, oh, it got to be your, your real mother died or your real father died. And then your mother and father, when I got the stranger to come to your house and then the XYZ. No, they're right there with you. And they even with the story, yeah. the straggle tag story. Uh, what is it, uh, Sat Sorrow, and the stories that are done in that tradition, where the king's wife dies, and then he decides that uh, for whatever reason, he's got to marry his daughter. And the daughter is like, huh? uh, 
I ain't feeling that. No. Yeah. Yes, I ain't feeling that. So the daughter escapes, you know, to get out of that. They say, no, I'm not marrying my father. So, you know, those things too, I mean, they, a lot of those are in the grim fairy tales. They are not talked about a lot, but those stories exist. You know, where you have young women who are like this, you know, maybe the king who's, you know, decreeing that I have to do this, but I am not doing this. So they, you know, dispense, they, they get rid of their finery, their jewelry, their whatever it is that they have, and they live, you know, like the very lowest of the low, because that's preferable to this abomination. You, don't, so, you know what always confused me, though? Hmm. The reading of the kid reading grim fairy tales, the story of Snow White, right? Uh -huh. And then there's a story of Rose Red and Snow White and like, uh -huh. I said, is it the same chick or what? What's going on? Yeah, I, 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 last night I was a kid, there were two different Snow Whites and Rose Red. Is that, is that the same chick? And she's in another story now? <laughs> and then a different woman now, she's Snow White too? And they got yeah. the same name? Yeah, you know, like some people. Yeah, what's up with that? Like some people are Cynthia, and other people are Cynthia. They have the same name, but they're not the same person. We're not in the same book. Yes, they're in the same book. It's an anthology, so yes, they can be in the same book. So yeah, I, I mean, it's um interesting, you know, some of these stories that we're told. But again, when they decided they were going to have a younger demographic as their audience. I think a lot of these stories from no matter where they're from around the world were probably cleaned up a lot so that, you know, they could be told but, to children. But the, the word that Sonia said about mutilating their feet to get, get their, their feet in their shoes, that was, that was like in that book that I, I read. I mean, I didn't, that wasn't edited. Yeah, I, I that was. Yeah, that and, one wasn't in the one I had. Though. It wasn't in the one that, Cookie, cookie, there's blood on the shoe. Yeah, the bloody, yeah, the bloody, the blood in the shoe. That's yeah. like one of the things. Oh my god, this, this, this lady's upset. And in the story, what is it? Um, it's not, it's not, I don't know. It's, it was Snow White with, I think, with the witch, with the queen that make her dance in the iron shoes. Yeah, man, that's, that's an original book I read. Yeah, that's one I had too. Well, I think a lot of these stories uh, had the same kind of censorship that somebody looked at it and said, you know, we can't tell children these things. So they kind of cleaned it up. And that's why it either doesn't make sense or just, you know, you just lose a lot of the original dread. Because I think these things were mainly intended to be like cautionary tales. Um, and you can't caution anybody if you don't have, you know, some something, you know, to kind of scare them with. Well, that's why the, how the leopard got his spots when it snored. So you, okay, whatever. Well, they would, I would consider the leopard got its spots more of a folk tale than a fairy tale. Yeah. Because the fairy tales always had something mystical about them where the leopard losing, uh, getting his spots was because he didn't do what he was supposed to do. I don't know what he did, but it was boring as hell. That's number one. And then, and then the second, the second thing is there are a bunch of folk tales that are really interesting, and that wasn't one of them. And so, as a kid, when you introduce somebody to like these are African folk tales, y'all, 
you know, this is what, you know, this is what this is from the mother, motherland and blah, blah, blah. And then you come out with some lame tales. It's like kind of, tur- it turns you off. And I think the current movement now is to try and find the original source or, or an older source of the same type of story so that you can see how it evolved. Um, Ellen does that a lot with her mythological Africans. You know, she'll at one of, in fact, one of the questions she always asks when she reads a folk tale or a you know, fairy tale or whatever tale from a different culture, she'll, because a lot of her audience is in Africa. So she'll ask them, do you have a similar story in your culture? And let's talk about how they're the same, how they're different. Yeah. Yes, yes. The Fae have kind of really held sway today. Now, I was going to ask, um, who didn't do their Mother's Day? I know, Nick, you had time to think about yours. Anything come up to you? No. no. Okay, that's, that's right. And and Otto, you did you think back? I know you had one kind of right. So, no, I didn't have really any. I, I just uh, I don't like number one. I, you know, I'm not trying to do it as a cop out or anything, but I don't like to be boxed in my days. I just it just it doesn't do it for me. You know. I okay, just, so uh, an unboxed an unboxed day. You know, and and also the thing is to me is that. You know, I'm. Uh, it, 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 I, I think it pins up a lot of anxiety in people because you go to count down for days. You know, like you know, five days to Mother's Day. They do the same thing for Christmas. You know, it's like you know, basically they're trying to get you out there and buy whatever. I get it. You know, but you know, the origin, the, the, the origin of Mother's Day and, and the reason that we said what we said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Is, a, is, is a culmination of memories of honoring mothers, not so much with the Hallmark cards and the gifts and the flowers, which are all good. That's all good. I, don't get me wrong about that either. But I think it misses the point, you know. So I don't have any particular day. I think my, my day is more like, if I had to say anything else, a mixture of yours and Cranston and Sonia's. It's a, it's, a, it's a plethora of, you know, you know, being from a, a household with a single mother and having that mother being the barrier between all the hostilities of the outside world and your and your and your and your your being, you know, that's that's all I can think of. I can't think of any particular day. All right. Yeah, I really miss that shield now that mine's not here. I, that's that I think this is the most memorable Mother's Day because the absence of her here makes me really remember all the little times when she was around. And I just brought everybody down. I'm sorry. No, you didn't bring me down. I, I remember, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm just you know, listening. You, know, very you didn't bring me down. No, well, I'm feeling like I'm being morose because this is my first Mother's Day without her, but... Yeah, you're such an idiot. You should honor that and the, yeah. the relationship you all had. And yeah. I think, you know, and I know it's a sad thing, but think of all the people who never had that. Exactly. Yeah. But no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I can remember it's... my mom taking me on my first elevated train ride in New York City. You know, I think I was like four or five years old. I scared the crap out of me. I was, I was high in the sky. I looked down at people underneath. 
you know, for that 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 experience with my mom, nobody else. Yeah. You know, I held her hand more tightly than I ever held it before. But you know, those those are the like this plethora of days. So it's not a morose thought. It's 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 the actual, you know, feeling, authentic thought. I remember all those thoughts like that going, I was always sick when we lived in Detroit. And I remember I had to go to the doctor when at the hospital when I was you know, a kid. And I remember stopping, I think it's a Woolworth and my mom buy me a, a chocolate milkshake, sitting at the counter somewhere. I remember a chocolate milkshake. I was wearing like a, a dark blue dress. And I remember it was really kind of chilly out that day. And I just remember walking with my mom down the street we were in Detroit and going out to eat together. And I remember that, just me and my mom talking. That's what I said, it's not a day, man. You know what? It's a yeah. day to remember. And, and, and Mother's Day helps because since it's celebrated on so many different days around the world, yeah, I think that I helps too. I do have they a memory, it. I'm sorry. I just thought I do. Oh, no, no. I was, I was in the eighth grade and Michelle, my youngest sister, everybody who doesn't know, was in the sixth grade, and my sister Nanette was um, in high school. And mom would have to take Nanette to school. So she says to me and Michelle, you all, I'm going to take Nanette to school. And when I get back home, you all be ready so I can take you two to school because we were both at the same school. So we just listened to her, and after she left, we... We turned over and went back to sleep for a few minutes. Then we got up to get dressed. But we remembered, Michelle and I remembered, every night before we go to bed, we wash our clothes. And when whoever would wake up in the middle of the night, they would put the clothes in the dryer. Nobody woke up. So we just went back to bed. We said, well, you know, mom got mad and she yelled at us because we did not get up in our clothes. We explained to her that our clothes were, you know, wet. And we went back to bed. And she came back in our room and said, you all get up. And it was one of the best days because we got up. We ran errands with mom. We went, you know, we ran errands. We had a picnic in the park. You know, from the, we went to McDonald's and had a picnic in the park. It was fun. I will always remember That's that. That's priceless. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we knew one thing. Michelle and I uh, knew one thing. We knew we couldn't do that again. We, we couldn't get away with that anymore. Get away with that again. Yeah. But you know what though? It wasn't planned. It was a plan like a day, like the second Sunday in May. It's a day that happened. Yeah. It wasn't planned. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. We're gonna do this, and this is gonna happen. You know. So that makes it even better to me. Yeah. Yes, and it was. That's it was real nice. That's cool. Yeah. That is, all That's right. My memory. That is my memory. That is a cool memory. All right, you all. Well, we are winding down our time to the end of Black Fay Day and rolling into Mother's Day. Um, I guess uh Tomorrow, I guess we, I guess we, you're gonna have plans. I guess tomorrow, Nikki. So we'll all, you know, get on the horn there. Yeah. And uh, I guess the day, 
Mm-hmm. Look, I remember the day we tried to sing uh, Philadelphia. We tried to get uh, the, uh, the not the Crusaders. Who did? Who did? Always, I always love my mom. Who did that song? You all got to You it. I, I remember that. Who did that song? Always love my mom. I got that song, but it's like the, we the, asked the, the radio world. station, and they the didn't know Philadelphia. The so how so yes. Philadelphia is. And yeah, they didn't even know the damn song. I said, "Really?" Yeah, they did not know the song. I said, "How do you not know? I'll always love my mama." You know, I, I thought it was insane. We wind up singing ourselves. Somehow. The intruders. The intruders. Intruders. The intruders. Yeah. Because that is the essential Mother's Day song. So wherever it is that you are, you should definitely call in and have the radio station, such that you have them anymore. We I'll always love my mama. I'm posting on my website. I'll always tomorrow. love my mama. And what's the other one? Uh, the song from the spinner, Sadie. Yes, Sadie. Don't you know what he does? I don't like that song. And that's okay. But I'll always love my yeah, mama. That's, all, that's, a, that's that is quintessential. That's not like that's not like a country song to me, Sadie. A country song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your mother named Sadie? Oh, yeah, Sadie is kind of country. That is kind of country. Yeah. I like Sadie. Well, the party woods of Georgia. Sadie. You are, you are. I'm going to for that. Awful. You know that, right? Come on, yeah. man. I'm not trying to get no mother name like Sadie. Like she picked it herself? She oh, I said, listen, I'll take my mother's name. If my mother's name is Sadie, I call my mother Sade or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mother's name was Sade. I'm not saying my mother's name is Sadie. I'm not trying to offend anybody who's listening. That their mother named is Sadie. God bless you. But I think it's a country name, y'all. That's what I'm thinking. But, and the OJ said it, sang that song in a country way, too. Like find the piney woods or whatever. Spinners that sang Sadie. Spinners, yeah. Spinners yeah. Sadie. Yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. country, y'all. I think they win do better. You know what, you don't burn the hot fire hell for that. You know that, right? Do do better, Felipe. Sade. My mother name is Sade. Sade. My mother name is Sade. You know that your mama name is? Your mama's I'm going to say, no, his name is Sadie. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was Sade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sade. Yeah. Sade. She's sophisticated, you know? <laughs> She came to Paris. She flew to Paris. Yeah, okay. All she right. She came here and gave, came here, gave birth to me, and they went to the moon. Okay. Yeah, and it was Sadie. Yeah. I said Sadie, not Sade. And it was Sadie. I mean, Sade, excuse me. Sade, Sade. Yeah, but I, I, this is a nice little song, but I got it. I always love my mom. Is that, that's, that's the best. That's the best. So, all this tomorrow on our Facebook pages. Should post a song by the intruders. I'll always love my mama. That's song okay. the song And Nikki could say Sadie to, to your mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? I don't, on that note, I'm leaving everybody. Have a nice right. day. All right. All right. Talk to you next week. <laughs> Good, night. Good night. Good night. You can thank Otto. Oh I'm leaving now. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, girl. Well, on that note, also, we can wrap it up. I really appreciate the sharing your Mother's Day memories. These are you know, priceless things. 
And uh, I, I wish that James had been here because I would love to have heard, you know, what his priceless Mother's Day memories were as well. So, so let's get him to do that next week. We will. We give him a few minutes. It's priceless Mother's Day memories. So, um, yeah. Um, now, like I said, we're sliding out of Black Fay Day into Mother's Day. And so everybody gets some rest, you know, go out there and uh, think of all those mothers that you know that you might want to send cards, candy, money to. I will uh, check my uh, email and stuff for the monies that you're sending me. If you need my email address to sell me, I'll give that to you. Helping you out. That's all I'm trying to do. Help you out. <laughs> and that's it. Cash app accepted. Yeah. That's right. Cash app and Venmo all accepted, right? But thank you all very much. It has been, you know, uh, again, like everyone's stories are, again, are really wonderful. Remind us all the times, you know, especially me, I'm a real um, constant complainer, uh, but how much, you know, my mom, has done, you know, in our lives, you know, based on, you know, her background, where she came from, you know, she's just gone like, like a, like a freaking rocket, you know, who, who could, you know, look and see, she was gone from, you know, where her mother, mother was up to, you know, where she is now, but a whole lot of women, I think in our uh, lifetime, a lot of black women have, have done that, gone from families that were, you know, at the brink of poverty to, you know, higher education and being, you know, top of your classes and, and doing so much. So you know, all those mothers out there, you know, in our community, you know, I, I applaud you, you know, venerate you, you know, thank you for all the work that you've done. And again, you know, I'm not saying that people out there haven't made errors, grievous errors, but still, you know, man, it's a rough life. And our moms, you know, they sort of shielded us from a whole heck of a lot of it that we aren't even aware of. So again, thank you for all the moms who are out there, you know, who have done their jobs and continue to do their jobs and trying to, you know, make our way in this world a little bit easier. So um, thank you all for joining us this evening. We'll be back again next week with more discussions from the otherhood. Um, what is our next topic, uh, Cranston? Uh, we're either going to do uh, tropes or uh, I know what you said, but what did you mean about how language has become so twisted that everything is spun to put a positive light on it? Yeah. And also, you know what, I was on that light, I was having a conversation with Otto about the fact that um, how I'm going to write a paper, maybe how Google has... Um, damaged uh, the art of discourse. Because a lot of things we go to ask someone, and I'll well just Google it, instead of engaging with another human being to talk about something, talk it out, you know, to determine what our answer would be, I'll just Google it. You know, so and I see a lot of sense that Google has uh, kind of uh, eviscerated the world of polite discourse. Or how language changes when a different generation adapts this phrase. Well, the other thing is, of course, is uh, there was an article that somebody did. I don't know if it was an article or it was part of a book, but it was how Google has made us dumb. 
in that you don't have to learn anything anymore. You don't have to remember anything anymore. You can just look it up. Mm-hmm. But what people haven't learned is you need to go past the first one that pops up to see what's really going on a little further down. It's something that's a little more reliable or if it says sponsored ad, you yeah. might want to go with that one. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, if we don't, for instance, if I know you are a librarian, there's a thing that I could ask you about librarians and with your life, the work, and it would make more sense in the old days. But if I wanted to get an answer to that question, I would call you and ask you, and then we'd have a conversation. But now it's like, well, I'll just I'll just Google it, you know, figure it out on Google, instead of engaging with another human being. You know, we get to the point where getting to the answer is more important than the journey, you know, of a of getting there you know why on our video games and stuff we have quests you know that the journey itself is part of you know the entire treasure you know so yeah that's I'm mean, doing wrap it all up in a little bow and make it into the topic all these little bits and pieces all right so again thank you all very much everyone have a wonderful remainder of your black Day day have a fantastic mother's day and we're back again next week take care of yourself see you then good night Good night. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.